going on guys aj here back again to bring you another episode of the e1b2 collective podcast and yes we are back with another uh set of guests so you guys hopefully heard the plural on that um i have the head of partnerships and the head of hr for a amazing beautiful startup company called fispan uh, they have been around for a bit here but they are growing rapidly and they were doing a lot of really great things there and i'm not even going to try to explain exactly what they do because i do not want to miss the mark i'm going to allow them to um do the honors and really unpack who they are what they're about and what they're doing within the world of finance and for me it was such a pleasure to to be able to talk to both of these amazing individuals um one of which i've had a bit of a relationship with uh for for about um let me see for about six months now and, and we've really gotten a chance to chop it up a few times really exchange a bit of value learn from each other grow with each other but this is the very first time we've actually been able to sit down for a structure hour kind of conversation and within this conversation, guys, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about the brand, we talked about their vision, and then we got into the details, guys. We talked about how they think about uh, things involving hiring. You know, one of the individuals on this podcast episode actually talked through his journey when going into the company and what the onboarding process looked like, how transparent they were. And then we actually kind of had a little bit of a moment where we riffed a bit and really got into the details ad hoc about certain aspects of employer branding, certain aspects of internal communications. And so for me, this was a really great conversation that if you're a startup founder, you're a leader, you're anyone within the world of startups and just building businesses overall. And if you want to check in and learn a little bit more about number one, an interesting company, number two, you want to learn about partnerships. And then number three, you want to really understand and unpack and think about people operations at a very strategic level and hear some of that unpacking and some of those stories in real time, you should definitely tune into this. So I am so thankful to uh, both of my guests today. Uh, I'm excited for them to introduce who they are. I'm excited to have you guys understand a little bit more about the brand. And as always, I'm excited that you guys are listening to another episode of this amazing podcast. So thanks so much. I'm going to get right to the episode and uh, we'll talk very soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys joining me on this podcast. I, I changed the name a little bit. So let me, I guess, try to be, uh, you know, uh, professional and um, politically correct here. It's, it's actually called the E1B2 Collective Podcast. It used to just be called the E1B2 Podcast. So um, thank you for to come for coming to this podcast and i want to let the both of you guys introduce yourselves um let me know about your backgrounds where you're from what you're doing who you are and uh we'll get into the uh into the meat of this content here today sounds good let's um let's go with the list ladies first let's go with claudia tell tell everyone who you are where you're from and uh what you're about right now and 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 what amazing company you both work for and, um, and and one interesting thing that you feel like you've learned during COVID about yourself. Okay, lots of questions. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> hi, everyone. So my name is Claudia. I am the HR lead here at Fispan. I've been here for almost four years. Um, and I actually started as a co-op myself. Um, so we were part of the first co-op cohort at Fispan and learning a lot, doing school, finishing that up and then um, joined full-time. And so I've been full-time for about three years and 
HR is really growing. Um, we're, we're actually hiring our first full-time, uh, apart from myself, on the HR team this year. So big, exciting things to come on the HR side. But I guess in, in terms of things that I've learned during COVID, you just never know what to expect in any capacity in life and in, in work. You just really never know what to expect. So um, expect anything, if that makes sense. But that's pretty much what I've learned is just uh, nothing is concrete. Everything can change. Anything can change at any second. But super happy to be here and, and talking about all things HR and Python and all that. 100%. And, uh, and, and Kamal here, let me, let me know about you a bit. I, I already have a bit of context on you, but uh, give, the, uh, give the listeners a bit of a, an update on who you are and something you've learned and, and, and give me some context here. Sure, sure. Um, so it, it's totally excited to be a part of this program. Um, you know, I, I'm actually on the opposite end of quality. I joined Fivespan about three months ago. Uh, and, and I've really been in the startup world in some capacity as an operator for most of my career, um, all the way from the product side to the sales engineering side to the BD. Now at Fivespan, I'm um, the partnerships lead. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely a change of pace for me coming from a large financial institution before this uh, in terms of the people, the culture, the processes or lack thereof. Um, you know, and even like the pace of work on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, definitely a welcome change to be a part of this right now. Um, I'm happy to talk a little later about kind of how, you know, how I found Fivespan and like why it's like the great, it's a great fit for me. Um, but, but in terms of, you know, what have I learned from COVID? It's, you know, like the first thing that comes to my mind is like more of a personal experience rather than a professional experience. And it's, you know, uh, don't take your family for granted. You know, I've been out in California now for a number of years and it's easy to hop on a flight and see your family, whether they're young or elderly. Um, now I, I don't have that ability, um, given how things have changed, you know, to visit elderly parents. So, um, something that, you know, if I were to go back, I probably would have not taken that for granted and probably done things a little differently before, but, um, you know, that's kind of impacted how I do things on a personal level and a professional level right now, where you just got to seize the moment and, you know, do everything you can today. Those are both very good responses. And uh, uh, thank you guys for, for sharing your context here. Let's uh, let's, let's do this. Um, I, I typically, again, like I told you both, I typically don't go too deep into kind of origin stories and things of that nature, but um, let's, let's maybe take a little bit of a, a pivot towards, uh, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Fispan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. All right. So I don't want, I don't want to mess it up. So give, uh, give everyone like the, the high arching kind of perspective of what Fispan, you know, what do you guys do? What do you guys sell? What do you guys create? What are you about? Um, and, and what's interesting about it? Claudia, you want to jump into that one? <laughs> yeah, either or, you know, actually, let me pause you knowing the the dual kind of uh the dual kind of guess i have let me yeah let me definitely uh do a better job of directing each question to each person so uh claudia take it away sure so i will give a very dumbed down uh description kind of my Please. my liner of what we do here at fivespan so we are an api management platform for banks so we are integrating erp systems and accounting platforms to banks to make business banking better and easier for the bank's clients. So 
our customers are the banks. We're, we're selling to tier one banks. Um, but the ones who are actually using our platform are the bank's customers. So commercial businesses, and those are what we call end users. Um, so that's the really dumbed down approach of what Fivespan is. And Kamal, I don't know if you want to jump in and kind of give maybe a, a more technical in a way, a sense of what we do, but that, that's basically what we are here at Fivespan. Sure. Yeah, no, that, that's actually pretty spot on. You know, the only thing I'll add here is that, you know, if we were to take it from a practical perspective, you know, those end users that Cody is talking about, they're able now to embed banking within the ERP experience. So what does that mean? As opposed to doing a certain number of actions in your banking portal and then repeating those same certain number of actions in your ERP, enterprise resource planning system that you have in your business, Fivespan enables you to do that once and do it right in the middle. We create that middle layer. Um, and, you know, our goal is really to create a very powerful, uh, like many to many connection between, you know, the client application and their, and their bank domains. So, um, you know, we're usually selling it to treasury management and accounting folks. So that's kind of a quick summary. Very interesting. Okay. Let me, uh, let me ask this question to try to find an intersection between kind of the core of this podcast, though, you know, for, for, because the core of this podcast is twofold, right? A lot of it is in the people operations, employee experience space, employer branding space, but a lot of it also is highlighting great startups, great growth organizations. So let me try to ask a question and maybe we'll sit in the middle of that. For the both of you guys, um, obviously I'm sure the, 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 the business model, the company itself was attractive to you. And it sounds like a very interesting model here. Um, but for the both of you guys, and I'll start with, uh, I'll start with you, Kamal. Um, tell me about what attracted you from a, from a career decision perspective, right? Something that I work on a lot with, with, with employees through my through my brand and my initiative Monday anticipation is to be very thoughtful around kind of your decisions career wise. So what internally, um, even like external, you know, even beyond like what you guys either saw on LinkedIn or indeed or however you found out about this company or if they're a recruiter, even beyond that, like once you actually got into the onboarding phase or got into the first interview, what was it about the decision to join this company made sense for your both of your career trajectories? What, what was that uh what was that uh, conversation like within your own head? Got it. Um, that's, a, that's an excellent question. You know, like from, you know, a career trajectory point of view, um, like I said, I've, I've been in different, you know, here in the Bay Area, if I went to a corporate, uh, into a corporate role, they'd be like, come on, what are you good at? Um, you know, and, and they could not figure it out. You know, if I went into the startup world, um, they say, okay, cool. You're a jack of all trades. Um, we can use you in 10 different places. So, you know, being that jack of all trades is something with that I've, I've actually embraced throughout my career. Um, you know, yeah. I have education in, you know, engineering and finance. Uh, I worked in kind of product and business development, you know, two different areas as well too. Um, you know, and, you know, Feisman given the opportunity to kind of leverage those different skills, um, you know, you know, and, and, and the way that they're disrupting like a very stagnant industry, you know, with very, dare I say, simplistic solutions. It's something that I have experienced, you know, working environments that, that do that sort of thing. So that's from a, from like a, a personal point of view, you know, in terms of like Fispan itself, you know, once I got through that on, into that onboarding process, you know, uh, I, I wasn't sold in the, in the very beginning when I read the value prop, you know, Fispan is not the sexiest solution out there. 
Um, you know, it's not something everybody aspires to do, you know, at the beginning of their career. However, um, I do see the value proposition and not to sound cliche, but it's really the team um, and the personalities that really attracted me to this company. And honestly, I didn't even care what they were doing at that point. Um, you know, being able to learn from our executive team, people who are experts in the payments industry, people who have, are experts in scaling businesses and exiting businesses. Um, and they're just very real people, you know, like Lisa, our CEO, I had a very frank conversation. I asked a lot of very direct questions. She did the same thing to me. Um, and, you know, to quickly summarize what that means is, you know, the, the attitude of being very results driven, very goal oriented, um, very no nonsense, uh, very straight communication. These are things which I did not have in some of my previous roles that, you know, it's a welcome change. Um, I'm sure that the sword cuts both ways on that as well too, you know, like, you know, people tell you exactly what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and you have to be okay with that. But, um, you know, I, I really think that the, the people and, and kind of the personalities uh, and the, you know, the collaboration that I, I sensed like when I was joining was something I want to be a part of. Hey, Claudia, before you, before you hop in here, come on, I want to sit on one thing. What was it about the directness that you actually appreciated? Like, how did that trans transfer into potentially when you hit the ground running, your productivity kind of immediately kind of kicked in, right? And, and so this is what I mean. When, when I see organizations not provide that, that level of clarity or that level of transparency or being direct around what they expect from you, uh, you know, being direct around what support they'll be able to provide to you. Um, when they don't provide that clarity, that can cause a lot of tension, friction, lack of clarity, obviously, which can then lead to a lack of productivity. Did you feel like the, 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 the I can't even talk here, the directness and the straightforwardness and the clarity allowed you to kind of jump in and kind of hit the ground running pretty quickly there? Or, uh, or yeah, just stick on that question, actually. What, is that an accurate ass assessment? I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that, you know, like, don't get me wrong. We're not a, we're not a start by people that's, you know, starting to bootstrap along the way. Like this company has been around for close to four years. You know, they have some plans and strategies in place around how they're going to grow partnerships. Um, but um, it's about taking it to the next level. So what I mean by that is, you know, our, our executive team said, Hey, here's the plan. Here's what's been working. We think this is the best way to do it. Here's some hypotheses we want to test. We're all experienced in this area. Here's how we're going to go about doing it, right? So that's the that's kind of like the guiding principle that you know, I was following following when I joined. So to your point, you can hit the ground running. That being said, you know, like our CEO told me, like um, this is what we think, um, but we're hiring you because we think you're a smart guy, and you need to go validate this and figure it out. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the direction was very very helpful. Um, but they expected me to come back and say, okay, this doesn't make sense, or uh, I'm not sure about the way this is working, but here's how I propose going about it. Here's my business case for it. Mm -hmm. um, so the direction, the, like the directness and communication goes both ways. You know, it's my responsibility to go back to the team and be like, okay, I've done some homework after a few weeks or a few months. Here's how I propose we do it. And then there's going to be a healthy debate or a healthy conversation. Um, you know, and, you know, that that's how I consider being you know, the most productive. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Claudia, what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, on, on, you know, cause, and actually I'm going to enjoy talking to you here for just a minute. So, so Kamal just 
Take a little second here. I'm sorry. Um, I got I got to talk oh, to good. one of my fellow one of my fellow uh, people operation people here. So w- when you decided to to jump into this role here, um, you look re- relatively young. Like I don't even I don't want to be rude and assume what your age is, and I'm not going to ask you to tell me right now. But you you can't be that old, and and I mean that in a great way because <laughs> when you thought about people operations or HR, where were you coming from? I mean, you've been with with this company for four years now. So when you came to the organization, where were you coming from? Was it university? Was it maybe one or two other jobs? And and, and now that you're in this role, I mean, where are you trying to go and what, what was attracted to you about the, the way the role was designed and what they were asking from you jumping into this world of HR with this particular company? Absolutely. And you're definitely right. I, I'm actually at the beginning of my career here. So uh, Feinstein was one of the first places that I had worked and really on my skills. And I think that's really what attracted me is a, it was a startup. I had never worked for a startup before. I had mostly been with bigger companies, established companies and startup life was very interesting to me. Uh, When Mm. I joined the team, they had a HR consultant um, who had previously worked with Lisa at HyperWallet and kind of established all that. So she was helping and they brought me on and eventually phased the consultant out and I was managing the team. So it was very early on in my career and, and I'm very happy about that, that Fison is one of my first companies. Um, but just having the ability to work on projects, put in place policies, procedures, and really seeing it from the start to finish um, that really attracted me to Fyspan. And, and it was pretty unique in my interview and recruitment process. I was able to meet with almost all of the co-founders um, in the interview process, which we typically don't do now. Um, but I met with our head of strategy, our CEO, our head of operations, all of them. And they really gave different perspective and, and kind of what Kamal was saying there's just different personalities, different um, kind of different people on the team. So being able to see that in the recruitment process really just made me want to work for Fison even more. So just having that opportunity has been amazing personally for me. When um when you first came in, and then let's even fast forward to now, um, and I think I know the answer to this question, though you may surprise me. So I'm interested to hear the response. I'm, I'm assuming when you first got into the position, a lot of it was, um, a lot of it was like traditional bare bones, um, really tr- like truly needed, you know, HR capability build out for startups, right? You you mentioned a few like you know policy, right? Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure compliance was involved in there as well. A bit, I'm sure you know other you know kind of other like systems internally, just very traditional that needed to kind of build up the framing of the organization. But now being where you are now, I mean, talk to me about some of the, you know, and when I say fun stuff, I'm alluding to some of the more strategic aspects, right? Again, like, you know, for me, I think of internal communications. I think of learning and development. I think of, you know, building out career mapping infrastructure. I'm thinking about just some of the more fun strategic aspects um, that you may or may not be even dabbling into. How do you think about that? And, And are you starting to move into those those categories of this world now absolutely 
Yeah, exactly what you said at the beginning. It was a lot of traditional stuff, like putting together a handbook. Whereas now we have all the bare bones, like you said, um, in place. And right now, one of the, the more strategic things that we're working on is one of our key objectives at FISPAN is to be the best place to start, um, explore, and grow your career for everyone. So that's really what we're focused on, especially this year, but our all-time goal is to have that. And what I mean by that is start your career. We have a really good co-op program. So we leverage our, our co-ops and um, those are students that are here for four to eight months and they work with us and they're able to kind of grow with us. And we have a lot of them who are students and then who come back as full-time employees. So that's kind of the start place. And then exploring your career, like you said, that career development, um, leadership training, all of that, people who are in mid-career or, or even early career stages, those will really benefit them. So mm. that's kind of the strategic view and strategic initiatives I'd say for this year is really, um, we have a good co-op program, our, our new graduate program, and then helping our mid-career people maybe discover a new career path within FISPAN, having a rotational um, departmental program. So we're, we're initiating that and prototyping that this year, maybe having someone on the marketing team change and maybe work on the product team. And that might open more windows or, or for them to discover different things that they're interested in. So that's really the, the fun stuff, like you said, um, that we're working on. Exactly. So when they're, when they're shifting into different departments, what, what inevitably you guys will see, which I'm sure you guys can assume you're going to, you're going to, I've been a part of that. What you're going to inevitably see is you're going to start to see a lot of speed happen, right? So you guys may be moving incredibly fast and sharp right now, but as you start to build out that rotational program, individuals are going to start to pick up more and more context exactly. and also what they're going to do is they're going to start to build that emotional glue right they're going to i'm sure everyone has a decent relationship with each other now but when you go and you do those rotations and you start to actually work with individuals and you have a, a better empathetic viewpoint of the problems they're solving the, the struggles they face every day how they frame different situations those context points and those moments together that creates that camaraderie and that glue, which is also connected to speed. Exactly. Um, so really cool. All right, sorry, Kamal, I, I'm a nerd out with Claudia for on a second here. Uh, <laughs> let me let me jump back to you though, because uh, I can pat myself in the back. The amazing thing about myself, I think, and sorry guys, uh, former D1 arrogant AJ kicking in for a second here, uh, <laughs> that I that I think I have is I am kind of a hybrid. So. I'm a, I, I can bounce back and forth due to my background. So come on, partnerships. Uh, it's, it's how I grow brands. I know it well. Talk to me about a few things. Actually, let me change this up a bit. Talk to me about some of the problems you're encountering, right? So um, this, this interview has been going really great so far for the last 30 minutes. And it's been all, you know, roses and fairies here. But I, I want to <laughs> talk about some of the, talk to me about some of the problems when you're getting into partnership design. Um, as much as you can, obviously, share, you know, respecting yeah. the brand, but what are some problems you're encountering and how are you thinking about them? And, and what are some new partnerships that you that are on the horizon for you? Um, I'm a big fan of partnership design, as I think we, we orig originally talked about. Sure. No, I'm happy to jump into that. You know, um, this is what Please. I spend all of my day doing. Um, so uh, 
there, there are a couple of things, right? And, and you know, I've, I've worked in partnerships with the development in previous stars, but, you know, Fispan, you know, really the model they have here, the model we're, we're trying to build upon is, is quite different. And, and Claudia kind of mentioned in the beginning where we have this, this unique, like, I call it like the three-party triangular model, where essentially we sell to banks, the end users of the banks are the ones who are using that five-span platform, but we also partner with these ERP and accounting companies. So there's Fispan, there's the partner, there's the client, and there's the end user, right? So finding the right value proposition that, that resonates between each one of those, understanding what the motivations and the abilities are of each one of these, these clients or these partners to work together. Um, are these clients and partners working together right now, right? Does Fispan come in and disrupt that? Do we come and add value to that? Like these are a lot of the discovery that I've been trying to do over the past 90 days since, since I joined. Um, so that, that's like one of the things. The other component of it is, you know, like, you know, if I asked you to explain what Fispan does, you're probably going to like mangle your way through right now. And that's not mm -hmm. necessarily your fault, right? It's because- It is my fault. Well, <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> when I talk to some of these partners right now, you know, like being able to like clearly convey and get them to understand what our value proposition is, is, is not that easy. And that's just because, you know, there are predefined partnership categories. You know, you, you're either like a builder, right? You, you, you're an ISV or you, you deliver like value added services. You can resell, you can integrate, you, know, you can be a manufacturer or a third party developer. There's all these different components. And, you know, like usually when I have a first conversation there, their question is, okay, which one of these buckets do you guys fit into? And, you know, you know, in addition to understanding what we do. And that's, hey, that's always difficult. Yeah. I'm sorry, just for the education of the listeners, because you guys got to remember, we have founders, we have internal executives within startups listening, go over the go over the major categories of partnership design. I, sure. I think uh, I think a lot of people have an idea, but I but, but but let's let's geek out a little bit. What are those categories? And then please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no worries at all. No, this, this is like the question I get all the time as well. Um, so, you know, these, these are not the only categories. These are just some of the ones which, you know, I've come across from working mm -hmm. with larger partners. Like, and I'll be open, like our partners are, you know, like uh, that I'm building upon right now are, are Oracle NetSuite and uh, Intuit QuickBooks and, you know, Sage Intact and some of these folks as well. So um, very established partnership programs, really smart people to work there. So building essentially means like, great, you're taking, you're taking somebody's platform, you're building upon it, you're adding value to it. And then, you know, the one plus one equals three and you're putting that out to the client. Um, you know, the, the delivery or the, or the value added service model essentially is that um, you are taking the product that, you know, NetSuite has built and you're adding some sort of service. Maybe it's an integration or implementation service on top of that and you're selling it. Um, another category, category could be reseller. So great, Anthony, you're, you're, selling, you're selling widgets or even you're selling software. I'm going to be a reseller for you. I'm going to go sell into different geographies or different injuries, industries for you. Um, you know, um, and then maybe like another last category I'll, I'll mention very quickly is, you know, kind of the integrators or this, the system integrator component where you are taking, um, you're taking an established product or, or service and now you're going and taking it and, and, and doing the implementation or the customization for a certain environment. You're, you're essentially you know, making money off of that and sharing it with the parent company. So, um, you know, Fivespan is an interesting model where we are taking, um, 
you know, let's call it like the, the NetSuite environment, we are building a, a software application that sits in their environment. Um, and to add more complexity, if you have if I haven't lost you yet, is that we we like white label these solutions, right? Like we we brand them as as a bank. So you can go into like the NetSuite store and find a JPMC branded app. Um, there's no mm. span label on that. So um, you know, so I guess just quickly summarize like navigating that is, you know, and, and convincing people that like this, this is the model we're going to roll with, you know, and, you know, the last thing I mentioned real quick is like, you know, like once you get into this web and you try to understand what the right category you fall into, understanding what the right value propositions are for each one of these different groups, you know, it's okay, great. Now, now where do we go? Right? Like, do we, do we go and try to convince people that they have a need for Fispan? You know, or do we go where there already isn't even people get it, right? Um, and that 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 really dictates like how you know you kind of capture low hanging fruit and how you start to build out your partnership model. And once you get, you know, my my hypothesis here is like once you get some feedback from the people who already know they have a need, you can kind of take that script, you can kind of take that terminology, you can take that model, and then bring it to those people who don't quite get it yet. And um, you know. Maybe we have this conversation, me and you have this conversation in six months from now, maybe like the way I position it will be a little different to you. And, and mm. that's part of the learning process. Hey, Kamal, uh, let me ask you this. H how do you think about, so every, so, and I was actually, literally as you were talking, I was revisiting a lot of the internal documents that I have with my companies around, uh, you know, the partnership kind of uh, programs that we that we're trying to put together in some of the different pillars and and so I was double checking to make sure <laughs> the ones that you were mentioning were things that I'm actually doing which they are so good um, I'm making sure I'm on the right track but also there was one other category that I focus on that I wondered if you focus on this maybe your CEO focuses on this maybe someone else focuses on this internally um, I I call it a connector model it's probably not the right word for it. Um, mm -hmm. My lack of traditional education and 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 being inside of traditional companies. Uh, uh, so please mistake you know mistake me uh, or please excuse me if I'm not describing this correctly. But for me, when I think of a connector model, I think of I think of like it's very similar. It's like a close sister or a close cousin or a brother to like PR, right? Like yeah. I think me and you are like a connector, right? Like I'm sure at some point over the next 18 to 24 months, there may be things that I'm doing in my life where I come across something that make complete sense for your guys' business model and you will get an email from me. Uh, mm -hmm. This podcast that you guys are on from an employer branding perspective is an example, right? And then Kamal, you're that, you're that connector. I'm the connector to you guys. You're the connector to me. That, there's that linchpin there. I always like to see when organizations and internally when staff members are very strategic and intentional when conducting the outreach to find those connectors, individuals that can do introductions, individuals that can get access to PR, uh, access to, to content, um, access, uh, access to uh, potential, potential other partners. Is there anything internally within your, your job description and your day-to-day -day role that, that you kind of go down that connector path at a very intentional level? Or is it something you haven't put a lot of infrastructure and in, in time to, to make intentional quite yet? Well, that's a good point. That's kind of really the step two of what I'm trying to do in this building this partnership mm. program. You know, like, um, <clears throat> you know, I talk about going directly to work with each one of these companies. That's definitely the first step. Um, the second step is to kind of build some more brand awareness 
for FISPAN. And that's being a part of broader communities, uh, industry groups, um, mm. you know, subject matter, working with other subject matter experts. Um, you know, and COVID's kind of curtailed us a bit, you know, from us being out in market, you know, but, um, you know, like I mean, CEO has done a, a bunch of that in the past. Um, and I'm it's sure. my role now, it's my job now to kind of pick up that baton and start moving it forward so that, um, you know, we're not knocking on doors or relying purely on my network where people know who we are and that because we are part of um, the larger, you know, financial services industry. Um, and it, it definitely is possible at Fispan. It's I did a lot of that, not to dwell on this, but I did a lot of this in my previous role um, when I was working at, you know, at Silicon Valley Bank, where we were connecting our clients into um, complementary partners, right? To, you know, if they needed finance help or legal help or fundraising help, you know, we would be that glue that would kind of connect them. And, and, you know, it's not purely an altruistic activity, you know, these, these clients will contribute business, you know, if you establish kind of that, not, not to get softer here on kind of the partnership side, but if you start to establish that, that foundation of trust and communication, and, you know, everyone understands like what your incentives are, um, you know, I definitely think that that will drive value for the partnership like down the road. So to answer your question more succinctly, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, getting some of these larger partnerships off the ground and, 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 and in the air is important. But um, I think the way we're gonna scale this program is by being um, front and center as thought leaders in, in, you know, in our industry circles. Exactly, 100%, 100,000%. All right, Claudia, you're up, you ready? Yes. <laughs> I have a few thoughts for you. Um, and, and, and Kamal, I think you'll be able to kind of add some context to this as well. Um, all right. So I want to riff a bit. I'm a big fan of uh, my first million, which is a podcast. I'm sure you guys may be familiar with it. Um, they kind of go on these like riffs and like problem solve in real time. So again, I want to respect the brand and as, as, as vulnerable as you guys can be, um, please do that. Uh, Cause I want to riff a bit. I want to get into to some of the problems that you guys may be facing internally when scaling from 25 to 100. And then as you guys go on from employee internally size, um, I, want, I want to talk about some of, the, some of the, the different things that you're putting together, Claudia, whether it's some of the training programs, um, hiring diverse teams, um, even some of the new grad programs, or even some of the, the transitioning programs we were talking about, um, talking about prior. What are, what are some problems right now, kind of like Q&A, me and you rifting back and forth, something that we can just problem solve right now? Because what you mentioned earlier is something that um, I'm actually thought I was, and that was, I kind of shared that before, but I'm actually in the middle of figuring out ways to help solve, which is a lot of startup companies right now have a people operations team of one. Mm -hmm. which is you, right? And then you now are in the midst of hiring someone to now bring someone into that team. But when, you, when you're in that situation, your, your capability and your bandwidth is only limited to you, Claudia. And there's goods to, you know, there's positives to that, there's negatives to that. And so um, if we can for maybe five to seven minutes, uh, let, let's just riff a bit. Is, is there anything that you would love to get my two cents on? Anything that, um, you would maybe love to just put out to the world and I'm sure you'll get a random email, a random tweet, LinkedIn message of like, hey, try this, think of this. Um, anything right now you're, you're pondering or thinking about trying to put together that maybe we can, uh, we can, we can try to solve right now uh, in, in some of those categories uh, from scaling and things of that nature? Absolutely. And there's just, there's so many things that I want to try and, and pinpoint them, but 
I think the biggest, not problem, but challenge is. Yeah, challenge is a better word to use. Yeah, and um, recruiting was one of the biggest things. And so our last quarter um, in 2020, we had to uh, basically make up for the fact that our hiring was on pause when COVID was just happening. Uh, so we paused okay. recruitment in those first few months. And then since COVID didn't uh, affect us in a bad way, we just thought, well, no, we need, we need to get back to how we were hiring and, and get it back up to speed. So in Q4, we hired 17 full-time employees. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we met our, all of our goals, but it was a challenge. Um, we work very closely with recruiters for our product teams um, and recruiters cost a lot of money. They, they charge a lot. So one of my biggest challenges right now is, is it time or when is it time to bring in maybe an in-house recruiter? Is it now? Should we, instead of working with external recruiters, should we have our own person at Fispan working on a talent pipeline? Or when is that right time to start bringing it in-house? And I don't know if you have any experience with that, um, but would love to hear your thoughts on if you've ever brought in recruiters or, or had them in-house or you've always used external recruiters in the past? I do have some thoughts. The first question I would ask, and you won't be able to give me all the data I need because I want to respect the boundaries of, 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 of where you guys are because you're internal, but, but I, have to answer, I have to ask this question to get some context. Um, you don't have to give me real numbers. Just give me like in theory numbers. Do you guys have a goal of expanding financially and and internal team size by more than fifty percent in the next eighteen months? Yes, I, I think our our projected growth for this year is above that. So yeah, <laughs> we're definitely keep hiring a lot this year. Got it. Um, and this is probably a question I should ask the CEO, but maybe either you come on, you may know, or Claudia, you may know, um, the, 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 the resources you're allocating towards the, the recruiting, uh, I'm assuming that eats significantly into your margin. That's a good question. Probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's I, a, I would think it's so. An, yeah, it's an assumption, right? Like we don't want to speak too too directly about that, but it's 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 a it's a probably a good assumption, right? So, um, what I would recommend, and you probably don't have the full capability and bandwidth to do this, but maybe send this directly to your CEO to think about. What I would recommend is I would look at that hard number, right? So, how much is it actually objectively eating into the margins, and then and then what I would do is I would step back and look at look at the value they really objectively are bringing from like a, just a capability perspective, right? You know, are the recruited, the recruiting companies and agencies or individuals you're working with, what do they have that you would not be able to bring internally? Do they have just like an immense, like crazy network that just you wouldn't be able to duplicate? Do they have systems and operations and capabilities that are just so clean and just so sharp that it would take a phenomenal rock star to bring in internally that the the margins would just balance out and it would it would just consistently make sense to keep it out house but if for if there's any if there's any possibility where those answers to those questions are not 
you know, pro outsource recruiting, I'm always a big fan of bringing it in house, right? For a few reasons. Number one, you can create, I call it a beyond brand type communication plan. But so I'll, I'll explain what that is. When you bring it in house, what you can do is you can create this moment where you can internally communicate to anyone that you want to bring in and to your organization about a lot of detailed operation, personality, culture type dynamics that yes, an outsourced recruiter can share, but it's going to hit different and it's going to land differently if that incoming talent knows that you're internal, right? Because they know that you have a very intimate understanding or relationship to the data that's coming out of your mouth. It's going to come out differently. It's going to land differently. And it's going to be a little bit more accurate. So that's important, right? Because that internal communication that you're giving to that incoming talent, that's so valuable. I mean, Kamal kind of felt some of that coming into his organization, uh, coming into the organization where it allowed him to hit the ground running. Um, the second thing I would think about as well of why I'm a big fan of bringing it in-house is, and this is probably for you, Claudia, are you, do you personally believe that you don't have, like, do you believe you're, you're probably not the best person to do that personally? Or are you thinking about going out and maybe conducting like a partnership between another agency that is like super legitimate, not just an outsourced relationship? Or are you thinking about being the one that actually hires someone internally? Or is there some learning and development that you could do personally to try to cover up those, uh, those, those gaps there? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's interesting. I'd say we would want someone who has experience. So maybe working with an agency on that and getting someone to come in house, just because like you mentioned their network and that's something that maybe I wouldn't be the best at, but having someone come in with that type of network uh, really understanding what we're looking for. I think that's the area that we would be leaning towards, I'd say. Mm. And, 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 and this is why I would kind of pull in Kamal with this one. Like I would look for more of an integrated partnership with that. So even if they're not fully in-house, like, you know, within your guy's staff, I would try to find a really true integrated partner, um, not an outsourced relationship. Now, if you already have that, then that's great. But like, actually, I'll ask the punchline. Do you guys use multiple different recruiting agencies and individuals or is it the same one person? We have multiple. <laughs> right. So that's my point. Exactly. And Kamal yeah. would love to hear your thoughts. I would more I would more lean into finding one consistent source, one consistent person that is very much like a like a um, like a family member to you guys that is consistent. I would. Uh, there actually are some people internally within other agencies that you can kind of recruit and, and, and kind of break off uh, some sort of a deal with financially that makes sense for them when like from like a side hustle perspective that I've seen happen before. Um, I'm just a big fan of that intimacy, right? Like I'm just a big fan of them understanding, you know, what's happening from like leadership behavior. Like, and I'll give you guys some context and to what I told you about before we have them this recording. Um, I'm in the midst of right now, and I can be transparent about it, going through a transition right now because there's a lot of there's a lot of alignment issues happening internally with with staff and with executives within my own organization. And if you guys were to have a recruiter that understands right now where are the founders sitting emotionally, and what I mean by that is companies have emotions. Companies right now, like for instance, if you if you guys as an organization are really looking for someone to come in and just 
like bust things wide open from like a from like an idea perspective. That means the founders, the executives within the organization are very open to ideas, very open to change. But then you guys know this, there are periods of time within a startup growth organizations phase where you're not in the mode, you're not in the mode or in the feelings for any new ideas. You're like you're super head down. You need to bring in an executor and a doer and you need to move fast. And that that understanding, if you were to have a recruiter kind of next to you guys or in-house, they would have that true understanding of, you know, where's leadership sitting right now from a personality perspective? Where are they sitting right now from an energy perspective? What are the goals of the organization at a real, real level? Not at a high level, because someone externally can only know so much. Um, I'm ranting now, so I'll shut up. But um, those are a lot of thoughts. And I know that was kind of a brain dump on you, but um, was that helpful at all? Yeah, no. And, and you made some really good points. It's uh, I'm leaning towards bringing them in-house. So it's good to hear someone kind of uh, agree with me on that one. And, and Kamal, do, do you have any thoughts on kind of like, because again, like there's going to have to be some big discussions that again, and I'll even say this too, like Claudia, as much as you can continue to grow within your own career, even behind the scenes to just understand all phases of a business to consistently get more of a seat at that table, um, I would recommend doing that because, and I don't know, Kamal, if you have that bandwidth, if you have that capability, but the more you guys can understand where the organization is at from like a from like a, a margins perspective and where the organization is thinking from the finances and, you know, because that partnership concept that I pitched out, you know, where does that sit with you, Kamal, of, of how maybe that's something that you can support Claudia on and, and making that happen? Is that, does that sound crazy or is that an interesting concept that possibly could happen? No, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> and I think that some of the, um, partnership models that we're, we have here from a business perspective, you know, I'm actually working with our engineering team to kind of replicate mm. some of these activities as well too, like what should we be doing internally, what should we be doing externally. And I think a lot of that translates to, you know, the, the hiring and the human resources function as well too, right? Like mm. at a certain point, what do we need to do internally? What do we need to do externally? What is in the best interest of the business? Claudia, like how do we free up her time to do the good things that she's an expert in, you know? Um, you know, and try to drive the team forward versus, um, you know, put numbers on the board, right? Like it, it, it really depends on kind of what, where um, her focus should be spent. And, mm. uh, but to answer your question, yeah, like I, I absolutely think that there's, you know, we can work together to find the right partner, you know, not, not to turn the conversation, but like one of the things I want to add really quickly is, please, no, will, go ahead. Will you explain like makes a lot of sense to me, you know, I'm, I'm part of Fispan right now, but you know, like four months ago, I wasn't and going through that process if it wasn't a very intimate experience, if it wasn't, Hey, I want to call up Claudia on the phone. Cause I have a couple of questions based on our conversation from an hour ago. Um, I'm not sure I'd be here because, you know, I want to understand what the real deal is with this company. You know, like I want to understand like what the challenges are. I want to understand, um, you know, I'm actually not to get too personal, but I'm actually relocating for this job as well too. Um, I want to make sure when I make that big step that I understand where the landmines are, what the good things are, what the bad things mm. are, what our short-term and long-term goals are. Uh, it's very difficult to get that sometimes when you're not speaking to the right people. Um, so I, I guess my point is, is that, you know, if I do have somebody who's intimately tied to the business and it can, you know, not answer every single one of those questions, but is open to kind of talking about the profile of the company, talking about the challenges, 
um, talking about where we're going and um, looking out for the company, but also, you know, looking out for, for like the employee. I think that's, that that's very important to me. A thousand percent. And, 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 and Claudia, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me pitch something to you really briefly, something that I uh, worked on, um, something that I worked on from like a, uh, from like a, a business model perspective. And then there was uh, something unfortunate that happened with my, one of my co-founders and we've dissolved this concept and we've taken it in house individually. So if I ever go in house to become a head of people again, I'll bring this along with me. And so friends and colleagues, I've just been sharing uh, this concept, but, you know, Kamal was touching on what I'm about to say here, which is, you know, it's incredibly important for, for applicants to really get, get a true understanding <clears throat> of a few different categories before they make their decision, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, join the, the organization. And so what I uh, was working on prior, and there's actually a company out here doing this already, and maybe I will give them a little plug. It's called beforeyouapply.com. Um, they're already doing this already, but I, uh, I had came up with an idea where, you know, podcast mediums and video mediums are so vital. And so like, like it's, it's, it's an in play right now from like a medium communication perspective in 2021. And so the gist of it is this, you sit down with the executives and Claudia, you will probably steward this conversation, but <clears throat> you sit down with executives and you go over four major categories. You go over general operations. So, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm sorry. You go over decision-making. You go over how changes are made internally and how they're communicated to the organization. You go over just at a macro level where the company is right now, where the company's going. And then you go over like rewards and recognition and what happens internally within your organization. What, what are you guys doing from a career mapping perspective? How do you guys perform, you know, handle performance management internally? How do you guys resolve conflicts internally? You know, how do you guys conduct coaching internally? You know, what, what are the personalities right now at the founder and leadership level? A lot of what, again, Kamal was kind of alluding to that was very important for him to kind of understand and unpack and, and know when, um, when joining the organization, what Before You Apply has done and what I was working on is you actually sit down and you facilitate a conversation with those founders and those executives and you record the entire conversation on a podcast and then you chop it up into one to three minute kind of micro episodes with those titles there. Um, and what can happen is through the ATS or through the, uh, the HRS system, when they're done applying, they'll get spit that, that podcast immediately. So as soon as they're done applying, they'll be in their home and they'll be able to really listen to those answers and really get an intimate hearing and feedback from the founders or the hiring managers before they even go to the interview. Um, and it's, it's a really easy uplift on your end. It's a really great employer branding tool. Um, and it's a really great internal communication tool to incoming talent to answer some of those questions that were so important to Kamal and, and that are so important to so many other applicants. Um, I don't know if you hate it or like it, but it's something that's happening. And it's something that I've gotten a really good response from a lot of people around. And it really helps solve some of those those. Uh, those, those questions and some of those problems and hesitations that a lot of applicants have. Definitely. No, I think it's a great idea. And I'm, I'm probably going to go on beforeyouapply.com after this podcast, but I think it's amazing. And just having those answers readily available for the candidates is amazing. And I, I make myself available during that recruitment process, but if it's just already there, and like you said, it's more intimate when you hear someone talk and especially mm -hmm. our 
our founders, they'll be able to answer those questions um, instead of reading it, for example, listening and hearing what they sound like and hearing them and their passion come across. I think that would be amazing. And, and I'll even say this, you know, oh, sorry, Kamal, go ahead. No, no, it's all good. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just like, I just want to jump on the train on that one. Like, I, I just think that, you know, from just being out here in Silicon Valley where I am right now, like competing with different startups for different perks is, is you know, kind of the, the daily grind. But, mm. you know, like in Vancouver, Clay, don't, don't you think, and I'm going to take Anthony's job here and ask you a question real quick, but, uh, you know, as, as we're as we're competing, like in the Vancouver market, you know, like, I like to think our largest competitors are, you know, the Amazons or the Googles or some of these larger companies like this. You know, I think that'd be a great, this, this, this idea would be a great way to differentiate our company, not only from like a, you know, offering product offering perspective, but from like the people and culture perspective as well, you know, like, why would you go to an Amazon when you can actually, you know, if you align and embrace with, you know, different practices and procedures and personalities that we're going to be communicating. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Claudia. Just to add on there, I completely agree. We at Fivespin, we are competing with Amazon, Microsoft, all those big tech giants, and it's hard to compete on a salary level. And so you have to make yourself um, look better on on other things, like you said, culture, uh, growth, options, learning, and career development. All the little things that might make up for that uh, maybe salary discrepancy. It's just, it's interesting to see what little things like this, is, this is small. Like you said, it's very easy on our part just to upload those video recordings or anything like that. It's what will stand, make us stand apart from those big guys. A hundred percent. And, uh, I'll, 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 I'll raise my hand for this now. Promise you no charge. I'm always looking to bring value and I'm looking to stay sharp. I would love to, to work with you on this quality of this is something you decide to do. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how expensive or not expensive those guys are are over there at uh before you apply. But um, I think again, this is like not a not a hard uplift. Um, I think there's there's definitely some consulting and some and some facilitation that's needed on your part to really hit home of like what you need to pull out of your managers and out of your executives and and even out of recent hires to really make sure you're communicating not only at a broad level of what you guys are about, but the, the real value is communicating the now and, yeah. and having applicants really understand the culture and the dynamic and the organization they're getting into right now. Um, so let me know. I would love to work on that. Again, I, I did take this in-house um, before you apply as a version of that as well. And so um, um, I'm no longer kind of doing it independently, but I would love to, I'm, love, I'm loving and, I, and I'm open to helping anyone internally to, to pull it off. Um, but uh, let me let me ask you guys this last question here and I'll get you guys out of here. Kind of on that employer branding kind of kick there, you know, what uh, what do you guys want to say to anyone that may listen to this that may, because again, we're going to kind of take this audio and we're going to spit it a couple of different ways. You guys are going to do some great things with it. I'm going to do some great things with it. So, you know, what do you guys want to say directly to any incoming talent right now? Because I know you're, I don't know if you're actively hiring, but you will be soon. So um, what do you want to say? What do you want to explain? What do you want to unpack? And then, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Definitely. I, I'll start quickly. Just if you're interested in, in applying and we have lots of positions open now and, and throughout the year on both the business, the marketing, the product teams, literally every component of our, of our organization is growing. So if you're looking for um, a good opportunity to develop your skills, 
learn a bunch. You will be a sponge here and just take in everything. Um, Fivespan is, is ready to welcome you with arms wide open. Absolutely. Thoughts, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that, on that, one of those comments. So, um, I, I am, I am a sponge right now. And, and, uh, when I'm in the room with anybody, it can be our executive team. It can be, um, you know, all the way down to our co-op students and business analysts. I most times feel like the dumbest person in the room, um, because there is so much to learn and I can learn from everybody internally. So, you know, again, one of the things that appeals to me the most is that from a selfish perspective, I think, Fispan will take my career to the next level, right? I'm, I'm not doing a commercial here. That's what this is one of the, if I were to summarize, like one of the reasons I joined Fispan is because the growth opportunities and the learning opportunities are there. Um, and like I said, it can be from executives all the way down into our students. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think is very important to me. And I, I think wherever you are in your career that, you know, we are, we do have like the resources, the raw resources in the place um, in order to help with that. And I think we're really putting the polish on some of the, our Claudia's team is actually putting a lot of the polish on some of the, the mechanisms and some of the programs to, to make that very, very attractive. So um, I, I, think it's, I think it's an awesome place to be and everyone kind of stands behind that vision. It's not just something we put on the wall and everybody kind of glances at it as they walk past it, but it's something like that we do on a, on a daily basis. We want people to grow, we want people to learn. Um, and uh, we want part, people to be part of the team for the long, the long haul. A thousand percent, guys. Thank you so much. This was this was a great episode. I'm gonna. I don't know if you guys enjoyed it, but we we really touched on a lot here. Um, I'll give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> I think I did a good job of facilitating. I hope I Absolutely. did. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and um, I'll get you guys out of here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Lots of fun. Appreciate it.